Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. Hey everyone, it's me, Kirsten Franklin, and I'm super excited to be able to bring you this offer. Uh, As many of you know, I've spent the last 10 years studying human behavior, the psychology of high performers, writing, coaching, training, right? Literally at the top levels on topics such as motivation, focus, productivity, confidence, overcoming fears, leadership, and so much more. I was really inspired by my own personal journey. As some of you might know, I went from being a homeless single parent, turned into a parent overworking, right? 16-hour days plus weekends and really turning it all around in about two months and working a four-hour day, no weekends, really learning how to build a profitable business that doesn't require me to be in it every day, and it was really incredible. The change was amazing. I was able to help you know, more people while making more money and yet having more time, more than enough time to spend with friends and family and do what I wanted. Um, and my goal is to really help you do the same. I don't just teach you what worked for me, but what's worked for hundreds of my clients. And I'm opening up right now my weekly coaching group to all of you. Now, this is only for the people here in either Thrive Tribe or who follow my podcast. Okay. Um, The seats are limited. I only have 50 seats open. That's between both groups. So once they're full, they're full. And that's not a marketing ploy. I'm just letting you know ahead of time so that you can make your decision from your highest and best self what's right for you. Okay. Right now, I'm only charging $150 per month. Google. It's unheard of. Nowhere will you get four hourly or more sessions a month for $150 total, okay? Most of the lowest end coaches charge $150 an hour, okay? You guys know I don't play in that space. I charge $3,000 an hour. So if you are wanting to work with me and you have always felt like you couldn't afford it, this is your chance. And it will likely move quickly because again, there's only 50 seats in there, okay? So if you wanna go to another level in your personal development, your business, your life this month, Be sure to join me live weekly in my coaching program. And again, this is live and it's weekly, right? This is not something where you're going to go buy a video, stare at it, and maybe take action. This is live and it's weekly and it's small group so that you get your opportunity to be heard and have your your questions answered, okay? And I know you know that expert guidance, real consistency, and inspiring community are critical to your growth. So this is your chance to work with me live every week. And because you're a part of this group, you're getting it at a fraction of the cost. If you're part of the group or you're following the podcast, all right? And you know, if you're really looking to enter 2021 as that 2.0 version of yourself, right? That kick butt, unfuckwithable version of you and your business, right? Then it's time to level up. Take back your year, take back your business, take back your life, find that focus, gain that confidence, get that high level of productivity set in there and really feel what it feels like to live a high vibrational life. Go to the link below and let me be your coach and I would be super excited to see you on the inside. 
All right, guys, our next guest is an award-winning social entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Global Citizen Year. She's a recognized expert on social innovation, leadership, and the changing landscape of education. She's been profiled by the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, one of my favorites, <laughs> and the Chronicle of Higher Education. You can find her as a speaker on such forums as Aspen Ideas Festival, the Obama Foundation Summit, the Fast Company Innovation Festival, PopTech, the, the Nantucket Project, and many more. In 2019, or actually, let's just say this, she has thrice been named as one of Goldman Sachs' most intriguing entrepreneurs, and she serves on the advisory boards of multiple organizations such as World Learning, Teach for All, and the Harvard Business School. Everybody, welcome Abby Fowler. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. So obviously, I want to talk about your nonprofit. Tell me a little bit about Global Citizen Year. What is the nonprofit Global Citizen Year? Global Citizen Year is a concept and now idea in practice that I've been fixated on ever since I finished high school and desperately wanted to step off that treadmill. I had a deep sense that there were things that I wanted to learn about myself in the world that I wasn't learning in a classroom and a desire to just see myself in the world from a new perspective. And I felt so much inertia to go straight to college as we expect young people to do, like excellent sheep. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I couldn't find an avenue to do something different in the world. And so really ever since then, I've been fixated on the need and opportunity to forge a new pathway into young adulthood uh, so that young people all over the world and from all backgrounds have access to a year of learning in and from the world about who you are, who you're becoming and how you want to lead a meaningful life. Awesome. Now you yourself kind of had an inspirational gap. You're not just inspirational in the sense that it created this, right? But tell me a little bit about that experience and how that kind of lit this fire within. I hate the term gap year, so I'll start there. <laughs> it's exactly the wrong metaphor for what we're describing. So a right. gap suggests the absence of something. It says right, right. we might be throwing kids into a gaping hole that they may or may not come out of. Um, and it also has all kinds of connotations around privilege and luxury and an elite thing that you do if you happen to have a lot of resources and a lot of time and money on your hands. Okay. My view on this is that we need a new pathway to purpose for young people from all backgrounds and that we need to invest societally in making sure that these new forms of learning are not just things we invest in for our own children, but actually that we're making it accessible to, to young people um, who we may have never otherwise met. So in my own experience, I took a year off during college and I lived and worked in Latin America and it was the most important learning of my life, far from being a gap. It was the presence. It was the foundation. It was a launch pad for everything that came next. It, it gave me direct access to understanding my own privilege to seeing how I could make use of my education and apply it to issues I cared about. It broke my heart in ways to see the inequality that existed and the uh, opportunities I had access to just because of having randomly won a, a birth lottery ticket and where I was born and the, the education I would have. So it um, really shaped my, my perspective and my values in many ways. It challenged and shaped my identity and um, it became the, the foundation for everything I've pursued since. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like how so, like, what is it, 
you know, let's get, let's get a little bit deeper, right? Because I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to go and they're not going to be able to take these kinds of trips. They're going to be kind of stuck here and they're, you know, we all come from different backgrounds. For some of us, it is the parental desire of having come to this country and never having the opportunity to go to college. For some of us, it's like we're a bunch of sheep being herded into the process, right? As it's all, it's all different for, for all of us. Can you go a little bit deeper on the actual experiences you had that kind of were eye-opening for you? Like besides the inequality, um, what were some of the other things that you might have seen that really kind of brought this, brought this out and made it really visible to you? Well, we now have an experience of so the organization I founded and lead has supported a thousand emerging leaders to have what we now call a global citizen year. So it's a transformative year between after high school, before young adulthood, where young people live and work in communities around the world. Uh, they live with a family. They work supporting a local effort as an apprentice. And they really stay longer and go deeper than traditional travel programs or study abroad. They learn to speak to people in their own language. They develop a sense of empathy from just the experience of being in a place long enough to sort of see the seasons pass and understand yeah. lives through firsthand experience. So it's really about building uh, relationships with people whose lives you couldn't have even anticipated. So where we are right now organizationally is because 2020 has has disrupted the traditional thing we've done in, in providing ask a you about global that. experience. <laughs> yeah. um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how how do we apply what we've learned over the last 10 years about what creates transformative learning for mm-hmm. young people and really for any people? Mm-hmm. I think this is much more broadly applicable. And how do we share that at scale? Because it's not just about spending in-depth time living somewhere halfway around the world. Mm-hmm. It's actually a whole mode of practice that says, learn how to leave your comfort zone Mm. And recognize that the most important things we learn happen only when we're stretched. It's about knowing what your questions are at any given time, being in the driver's seat of your own learning. And whether that's as you begin college or graduate school or wherever you might be in your life right now, what questions are you living in? What are you trying to answer for? It's about finding your teachers and this, to me and, you know, all of my colleagues and the students we work with is really a practice of scanning the world for the people who you're drawn to because they've been where you want to go. And not just in a literal sense, right. but they've practiced something in themselves that attracts you to them. They have a wisdom that they've honed that you want to learn from. So it's finding your teachers who may be literal teachers They may be your host siblings in Senegal. They may be people who are no longer living, but have written books that really awaken you. So, you know, for us, the recipe is live in your stretch zone, know your questions, find your teachers. And that's that's really at the heart of what we believe creates a, a transformative learning process and what we call the practice of leadership. Leadership isn't a position you arrive to. It's a thing that you wake up and practice every day. Awesome. So really, um, with that idea, I know that you sort of, I guess, coined the phrase kind of in one way, right? education on purpose, yeah, right, in order to, to sort of, you know, really develop the leaders that we need, right? Talk to me a little bit more about that. So I know that you're talking about live in the stretch zone, know your question, find your teachers. How does one do that? How does, how does one actually go in and what, how, do they, how do they know what their questions are? How do they find that for themselves? So our global citizen year experience gives young people the opportunity to get proximate to things that might 
light them up and break their heart. And I think we put so much pressure on young people to quote unquote, find your passion, which can feel really daunting before you know exactly what that even means. And there's such a high bar for that. But in reality, if you break it down, it's just about figuring out what activates you emotionally, what gives you energy, what social issue you can't turn away from. It's the finding the thing you can't not do something about. It's about intuition. It's about self-reflection. It's about emotional response, not just what other people might expect of you. And I think that finding our purpose and connecting with it serves us far more than figuring out what motivates us day to day. It's actually that persistent sense of, you know, if if you have a compass, you don't need a map. If you know what you're aiming toward, you can intuit the right choice at every intersection. I love that. I love that. So, and that kind of goes to a quote that I found from you about people write life plans, like they write business plans, right? And when you think about your future, instead of asking what I want to do or have, you know, ask how I want to feel. And I love that because that's part of my morning process. Yeah. Um, when I write, how will I know the day will be a, a success, right? What what am I going to feel at the end of the day? How am I going to feel that feeling and what's going to transpire? So talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, let's say here I am, I am, you know, at that place. I'm exiting high school, I'm entering college. It's COVID, right? It's COVID. So now everything, everything I thought was going to happen isn't happening. Talk to me. Talk to me as this person who is a high school graduate you know, potentially entering college, how do I, first of all, how would I even get in touch with, with Global Citizen Year? How do I learn more about Global Citizen Year? How do I know that it's a match for me? What are your ideal kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, graduates, uh, you know, people, individuals, you know, who's the ideal person for you guys? We're looking for young people who are hopeful and determined in equal measure. The Gates Foundation talks about, Melinda and Bill Gates talk about having being impatient optimists. So it's, it's young people who believe the world can change and get better. And they've got the hope and determination to commit themselves to that. And beyond that, we're looking for, for young leaders who have a track record of having inspired other young people to follow their lead in some way. They have demonstrated that they can start something from scratch and rely on themselves. But we cast a very wide net. We're not looking for test scores or grades. We have a need-blind admissions process, which means that we're drawing young people from a much broader economic spectrum than traditional programs or opportunities do. 40% of our participants are Pell Grant eligible, low income when they get to college. Uh, More than half self-identify as people of color. So it's really... It's a, it's a social justice endeavor to say, let's unify young people from all backgrounds and give them access to an experience that shapes their values and perspectives for life and gives them the social capital and connection to a network of others around the world who will be with them. So in uh, COVID time, we've launched something new. It's called Global Citizen Year Academy. Uh, and it's an opportunity for, for young people worldwide who've decided not to go straight to college because they want to figure out why they're going before they go. (laughs) Uh, It's an opportunity to enroll in a course that we call leadership as a practice. Mm -hmm. And it's helping young people find their purpose, find their people and find their power to make an impact on the issues they care most about. That's amazing. And remind me at the end of this, I have to introduce you to someone. 
<laughs> right. um, yeah, I have this theory that the universe sends out an idea to everyone. Some of us are sensitive to hear it, right? You know, you sit there and you're like, oh, what a great idea. And then some of us are driven to act on it. And so I, I noticed this in fashion. I know that sounds like a weird place, but if you ever notice all of the designers at a certain, you know, level all of a sudden come out with the same colors, but they didn't steal it from each other. It was like this thing, in my opinion, it's like this thing where it was beaconed out, like, oh, you know, fabulous orange is going to be the color this, this season, right? And all of a sudden, all the designers have some shade of orange, right? Mm -hmm. And so, But I kind of feel like that's what happens. And with you saying that to me just now, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I know somebody who is literally on that same path, but in a different way. And mm -hmm. I could see how it could work together. So remind me to introduce you to that individual. But yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Tell me about how it's been for you. You went from concept to creation to seeing it come to fruition. And there are a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs listening, right? Who haven't or are currently trying to figure out this journey. You know, the journey of where, how you have to bang your head against the wall a few times and you're thinking it's going to go one way and it doesn't. And then, you know, you get all excited that this is going to happen and something else happens and it's all good. Tell me how it's been for you. Like what, what do you think the most difficult part of going from this concept to seeing it to fruition? Like what was the most difficult part? There's so many challenges uh, <laughs> along the way and building something from scratch and, and then curveballs get thrown and, uh, you know, COVID forced us to totally rethink the core thing we've been doing for 10 years and what we were raising a big fund of, of money around. But um, I think it's, it's, I think the, the persistent challenge is balancing a huge ambition and vision for how the world can change and being patient around it, recognizing that you can't cut corners or skip steps in building a team and um, evolving my own role and seeding strong organizational culture that's created a workplace where people are delighted and proud to get to be a part of it. Yeah. So I think there that it just, social change takes a really long time. I think that is the hardest part for me. And it comes back to that sort of impatient optimism um, or what we like to call a burning patience. How do we act with burning patience around the things that we care most about? Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay. For a global citizen year, like when you guys started, it was it, did you, when you wrote the business plan, did you know you were going to go out for uh, financing or did you, is this something that you ended up self-funding to start? So I knew we were going to be a not-for-profit because I wanted total clarity that social impact was the bottom line, mm -hmm. not profit. Right. And so started raising philanthropy. So we're funded yeah. primarily by um, individuals who are giving philanthropic investments um, to provide opportunities for young people who wouldn't otherwise have them. All right. Awesome. And I love that you said that because we have somebody who is more likely listening than not. And you know, it's mindset because this individual also wants to start a 501c3, uh, really amazing organization. And when she talked to me, mindset was really interesting. She said, because she, you know, just it's all perspective, but she said, well, I don't know how I'm going to finance this because it's a charity. That's what she said to me. And I was like, sounds to me like, one of the, you know, depending on how good it is and what it's really serving, there's a whole class of uh, you know, philanthropist, I would probably love to fund it. And I know what she was doing, you know, in the scenes of epilepsy and other things. And I was just like, that's interesting. And we had to break that down because, you know, when you, when you, when you started, right, depending on what your perspective was, 
how did you or did you have coaches, mentors, people around that could advise you and kind of open up your thinking? Because when you're an entrepreneur, you think things, you see things, and you really need all of these people around you that maybe have seen it before and just know different things to open up all those doors. So, so what did you do in that respect? Yeah, I've always just naturally surrounded myself with people who I want to learn from, who challenge me, who tell me the truth and things yes. that are hard to hear, things I need to hear, not just want to hear. And yeah, I've been grateful and very, very, very fortunate to be a part of various um, groups of other social entrepreneurs um, who are at different stages in their journey. So have always have a sort of an actual board of directors, but also a personal board of directors of people I go to for advice when I need it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I, that's something I recommend for anybody, um, you know, but what would be some final thoughts that you would like to leave our listeners with? Well, if you're a parent, I would say what this moment is highlighting is that we should not let our, our kids schooling interfere with their education. I love that. Uh, and I steal that from Mark Twain, but I feel like it's just so apt, like we conflate those two things and they're not the same. So yeah. think about education separately from how we think about schooling. Um, and then I think for anyone who's, uh, you know, uh, starting or running a business of their own, I think all of these things we've just talked about, the, the core principles of a global citizen year around knowing what your questions are, yeah. finding your teachers, um, finding ways to step out of your comfort zone. That's the practice of leadership. And um, just because we may have achieved some level of success by some metric, nothing matters more than continuing to evolve toward our full potential. And, and hopefully those prompts are a helpful reminder of how to do it. I love it. Thank you so much. And for those who are listening, who would like to learn more about the Academy or simply learn more about Global Citizen Year, where would they go? Globalcitizenyear.org and then active across all the social media platforms as well. You can check okay, Awesome. Out. And we will post them in the description um, and have all that information for you guys if you're listening. So if you're listening, it's just globalcitizenyear.org. And then if anything else, the links will be in the description. So it doesn't matter where you're listening to it from. Uh, you should be able to find the links. All right. All right, Abby, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's thrive underscore tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.